Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 317. Ladies and gentlemen, we are slowly climbing up the charts. They are going from 300 to 400, and we are having so much fun. Uh, Today's guest is an interior design company, and I'm just so excited to share with you guys this one. This is going to be a fun. I am going to go straight into a lot of things here because we are just moving along at a high pace rate, and I am just in the groove. We just finished up an episode recording. So ladies and gentlemen, MCI is the name of the business, and uh, before you get into who they are, always remember we give you the links to go find them go check them out so go follow the links in the bio and while you're there go check out our website findingarizonapodcast.com we make it easy for you guys to connect with us all of our social media handles are under finding arizona podcast if you want to go over to patreon.com slash finding arizona podcast there's bonus content for you available there so there is some new updates coming up our little guy is in swim class he is having a blast he got the kudos from uh one of his coaches the other day on top of that he is walking everywhere and he is just a big ball of fun for the two of us and on and Brittany, if you haven't already checked out the blog she has a new job and she is very much in a happy place doing new things and we are all just in a brand new vibe we are just enjoying ourselves as a family so follow us make sure that you're clicking all those different the newsletter the blog so just stay up to date with us we we make sure that you guys know what's going on like what's going on in our community cork board so this is my favorite part of the intro the community cork board and you could send us information about your community events at finding arizona podcast at gmail.com we like updating you guys and the first one up is from our friends over at the thunderbird lounge they are putting on a massive amount of free concerts so if you haven't already checked out thunderbird lounge over in the melrose district i encourage you to go check it out so they got some free events coming up but on top of that they have some mother day mother's day events uh for a floral class arrangement uh there's also a star wars trivia night that's coming up for may the 4th and on there's other game shows they're going to be hosting at the thunderbird lounge again which is located in the melrose district next up is buds of palooza yes i just found out about this and i'm stoked about this this is co- uh, taking place over in downtown and this is i believe on fifth street in garfield and this is for those of you who are in the cannabis culture uh it's a little festival that they're going to be putting on there over by uh, bud's glass point over in roosevelt row uh, that is i believe uh, has tickets to it so go check out for those tickets again it's called buds of Blues taking grace place april 15th and next up is for all of you who um say that we don't have a culture here in the the arizona area wrong i am just here to tell you that we are all about sangria that's right scottsdale sangria fest that's taking place may 14th 2 p.m to 6 p.m tickets available online at oldtownfest.com and you thought i was done with sangrias no it is the mesa riverview park seventh annual sangria craft beer and food 
Truck Festival. Yes, you thought I was done? No, there's more, more sangria, more craft brewery, and more selected wines for you who are interested. So go check it out again, taking place Saturday, April 23rd, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. over at the River River Park Mesa in Mesa, Arizona. Next up, and it is the last one for our community court board. You thought I was done with alcohol? Heck no. 10th Annual Urban Wine Walk that is taking place April 23rd from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Save the date for yourselves. That's taking place in downtown Phoenix. It is a urban wine walk, all uh, taking hosted by Cityscape Downtown. So go check that out. That is a self-guided uh believe it's like a wine tasting uh, tour check it out it's a lot of fun and that is taking place april 23rd in downtown phoenix that concludes our con- community court board i'm going to get the hang of this tongue twister but again we encourage you guys to check out our links and bios and we thank you to mci for coming in and sharing their story this is episode number 317 we will catch you on the next one see you later y'all everybody the finding arizona podcast i'm your host jose as as always every week we bring in someone very special and today is no different ladies and gentlemen i'd like to introduce you to the founder of the mackenzie collier uh interiors i want to introduce you the founder mackenzie mackenzie welcome hi thank you i'm happy to be here i'm happy that you're here too so one of the things that um was really great about the person who nominated you or one of your employees who she wrote down a really uh, a, a nice little about me page about you. And oh, awesome. it was really, really great to get to know you just, you know, in, in that scope, because she did a really good job of it. I didn't have to go reaching out for it myself. But uh, one of the things that is really great about kind of you in general, is just kind of your, your journey and just how you've you kind of come up through the the world of design, but also in a different way. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you the same thing I ask of everyone. Uh, one of the first things I ask now is just kind of how you've been during the pandemic personally, and just kind of like, we can skip the whole business because we'll get into it, but just personally, how have you been doing and, and uh, hopefully you've been doing well and, and, and just kind of like being in a positive attitude. Yeah, I think I'm really fortunate. Um, you know, it's, going into the pandemic, I had no idea what to expect. And I was kind of bracing for impact like everybody was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with the real estate industry being so strong in Arizona right now, and the construction industry being so strong um, yeah. and kind of remaining that way over the last couple of years, like we've been pretty fortunate. And of course we've had, um, you know, it's been a completely different beast as far as like, you know, running a business during a pandemic versus just running a business. But, um, you know, and even personally as well, like just, um, you know, the work-life balance of things and everything has been a journey for sure. For sure. But, um, you know, I'm always just trying to look out for my team and look out for my community. And so I'm always trying to keep that as my true north and all the decisions that we're making. So, absolutely. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I, I took away from, you know, just the about me uh, that was written about you. And then just was one of the things was like community build, you know, community relationship mm-hmm. was kind of the overall antithesis of like it kept repeating throughout, you know, the, the description. So yeah. I'm very excited because that to me just brings out a lot of emotion for myself. I am also going to ask you this now, the secondary question that we used to ask everyone, which is, can you give us a little bit of your origin story and just 
I know some of it, but I would like my my listeners to kind of get a, a great understanding and grasp it. You, I mean, I just want to I want to start with college because that is sure. where I'm very excited to talk about. Yeah, definitely. I was like, oh, geez, where do we start? Because yeah, I've, I've been everywhere. Uh, but yeah, so college, um, I first studied in, uh, well, I went to school and I studied psychology at Michigan State. So yes. um, I, my intention was to, at some point, open up a community center for teenagers. And like, I was on this mission. And so I was on that route. Um, and then I moved to Chicago for grad school. And I fell in love with the architecture. And I also had a few friends who were a little bit ahead of me in the program that I was going to go into for psychology. Nice. And, you know, they basically were just saying like, you know, I sit behind a desk and I hear people say the worst things all day and I can't afford therapy. And there's no way I'll be able to afford to give back to my community because I'm not making enough money. So yeah. from hearing that from my friends who are ahead of me, I was like, okay, so what can I do that would actually like build, um, not wealth, but I mean, build enough, um, you know, enough of a business that I could actually influence my community and do something good. Yeah. Um, and I've always had a passion for interior design. My mom was a decorator when I was growing up. So I've always kind of, um, you know, it's been in my, in my um, universe. And so, um, so yeah, so I decided, you know, that in living in Chicago, I fell in love with the architecture and the arts. And, um, so I started looking into interior design school there. So I went to Harrington college of design in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and I always knew I didn't want to work for like any of the big corporate firms like Gensler or anything like that. Yeah. Um, nothing against them. It's just, I knew that I wanted to be in like a community-based design firm that would be a small boutique, you know, kind of, um, yeah. startup. So in doing that, I knew I didn't need to have like the, you know, traditional four-year bachelor's in interior design. So mm -hmm. what I did is I went to school full-time for five years. I took every single class that I was interested in. Um, wow. So I kind of did like a choose your own adventure of design school. So I took every <laughs> single art history class, every painting class. Um, yeah. I loved space planning. That's like really where I thrive um, is, you know, in that. And so I took every class that I was interested in for five years and then graduated with an associate. So, um, so, which is fine with me. Like, you know, I, I, I took like more credits than you need for a bachelor's, but, yeah. um, you know, technically I have an associate. So yeah, then when I graduated, I graduated into the recession. So, uh, in 2008 or nine, um, nine it was. And so, yeah. So then, um, in doing that, really, there wasn't anybody hiring in Chicago. For sure. Everyone I knew was getting laid off. So, um, my family was out in Arizona and I had planned to move West anyways, at some point. So I uh, was like, well, I'm going to move to LA, but I'll stop in Arizona first to see my family. Yeah. And so I stopped here and I just kind of, um, you know, I, I did some interviews with design firms here in the Valley and I just couldn't find any that aligned with my values. Um, the traditional model of interior design is really, in my opinion, a little bit sketchy, you kind of get kickbacks from a lot of different pieces. And you're not really like advocating for your client so much as just like making money everywhere you can. Yeah. And so I was never comfortable with that. And so um, I was like, well, you know, maybe I won't work for these firms. Maybe I'll just like freelance um, until I can find, you know, that perfect fit job. And so yeah. I started freelancing and um, immediately I put an ad on Craigslist. That's, that's how old I am. <laughs> so when Craigslist is like a normal thing to do, uh, I put an ad on Craigslist for my design services. And this couple from Gilbert reached out and they were like, um, you know, we want you to do our whole remodel. Like we're taking it down to the studs and we, we want you to help. And I just was like, oh, you know, I graduated yesterday and I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. And like, yeah, we love that. You're fresh, you're young. We trust our contractor. So let's do it. And so we worked on the project for two years <clears throat> and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, one sec. No problem. So we worked on the project. <clears throat> Gosh, <laughs> we worked on the project for two. Like, can you edit that out? No. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, we, we, I, I can make it magic happen. <laughs> Go ahead. Perfect. Um, so yeah, we worked on the project for two years, and um, it was basically I was also being a, I was also working as a full time nanny at the time. So working as full time nanny, doing full time interior designs. Mm -hmm. um, 
And uh, it ended up being a really great portfolio project. And then a lot of their friends wanted to hire me. And so it kind of just snowballed into that I was doing a lot of interior design work and still nannying. Um, and so then about two and a half years in, I was like, okay, it seems like this is actually going to be a business. Uh, so at that point I like, was like, well, I guess I started a business. It was completely accidental, but I, you know, gave it official name and got an office and started growing my team at that point. So, yeah, yeah it was really, I mean, it's a really great story. And I just, again, <laughs> I want to pull back and just kind of like talk to you about like that, you know, the, the psychology part is one of those things that it's like. I love that someone of your background just like chose design and like what elements that was your intrigue was, you know, these, these classes that like, I'm going to just go and deep dive and, you know, whatever I come out of it comes out of it. And so it's like, to me, that's just pure passion. And, you know, you had granted it's like an, in your college years, but it's like something along the lines of like when someone has that much passion to me, it just says a lot because I never thought I'd be into podcasting this much, but now I can't see my life without it. And I can't see a world without it with for, for me, at least. Um, so yeah. here's the other aspect that I'd like to get into you uh, about, which is as you're trying to tell the story and I'm hearing, you know, um, the business of interior designs is supplemented by other things. And so that's one of the other things that came up was just kind of like how you've taken your business, looked at it and through a scope or a, I guess through a microscope, you've started to realize like, this is the things that aren't working. And so you've now um, kind of not pivoted, but opened the door in the sense that you've used everything that you've learned so far and wanted to give back in the best way, which is, business classes, business strategy. Can you give us a little bit more of about that and how that came about? Sure. Yeah. So at the time it was really hard to figure out how to run an interior design business, having never worked for an interior design business. Um, and so, you know, at, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, if this was like a good route, I would have been like, no, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. But in hindsight, I had to, you know, in, in starting my own business, um, without, you know, obviously I had no funding. Like I just graduated, it was recession. I was working as a nanny. So it wasn't like I was like investing in a business. Like I was just like, well, I will, you know, use the service money that I get paid for reinvest it in the business and like, yeah. you know, hopefully try to make something out of this. And so in doing that, I had to build my own website. I had to figure out my own, you know, marketing strategy. I had to figure out, you know, how I was going to grow a business or, you know, at first I was like, well, I'll just do it by myself. And then I realized very quickly that I was, you know, working 16 hour days, you know, six days a week. And I was like, this is not sustainable. Um, and so then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have to delegate. And so who do I delegate to? And so I hired a marketing person and a design intern. Yeah. Um, and then immediately my business grew and I was like, okay, there's something to this, you know? And so I started just kind of learning as I go, which, I recommend to anyone, you know, um, of course, you know, you can look at businesses that are well-funded and they can just start with like teams of professionals doing all this stuff for them. Uh, and that's great. But I think there's something to learning how to do it yourself um, because now I, you know, I just don't have that insecurity that maybe other business owners might have. So I don't have investors. Um, and I've personally done every job in my business, you know, and so now I have 10 employees. And yeah. so, you know, if any of them come to me, we can have like a real conversation and I understand what they're talking about. And, um, you know, and, and so I can kind of do all of that. And so in doing that, um, you know, I've obviously learned a lot. I've had a lot of hard lessons along the way too, you know, I've kind of just yeah. dove in and figured out as I go and, you know, made a lot of mistakes, which that's kind of what brought me to the business coaching side of things, which was mm -hmm. when COVID hit, um, you know, I 
pretty fortunate in that, you know, I've already made a lot of the big mistakes and we had already expanded to Portland at that time. We opened an office there in 2019. And so we were already kind of on Zoom. We were already like remote for the most part. And so we were pretty much in a really good position to go, you know, into a global pandemic if if you can be, you know, but, um, and so a lot of my design friends were calling up, you know, in that March, April, like when it first hit, like just panicking because their clients were pulling out and um, their businesses were going under, they were having to lay off employees. And I realized they didn't have contracts that were like protecting them from that. And they didn't have, you know, financial, you know, um, safety nets in place. And they didn't yeah. have these things that like, you know, I had worked years to kind of build um, and figure out exactly what I need. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like there's so much of my community that could benefit from what I've figured out. And so um, that's where my coaching courses came from. And so I just kind of, I started with a few close friends, just like helping them triage their business and then kind of kept track of what we were talking about and what was important and what they were struggling with. And then I um, developed that into a course. And now I've done the course a few different rounds with with interior designers and architects. So yeah, and I love it. It's so much fun. I love teaching. So it's it's great. I think that's uh, something that I'm starting to realize something a little bit more of my style is like that small intimate group level of teaching where, you know, we've, we've had people ask, can you give us a one-on-one crash course? And it's come up a couple of times where I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? And uh, so, yeah, that's like one of those things that like, I'm just very excited to, to start getting into a little bit more. It's just uh, that element of teaching and element of giving back. So I'm, I'm very excited. And I think that that's something that if you have the ability to do, you should be able to do, because mm-hmm. again, like you said, you've worked in every piece in every uh, portion of your business. So it's easy enough to have that conversation, that dialogue when you've already done it before and have that um, kind of experience under your belt. Now, the thing that I kind of want to approach now is just kind of the level of like you brought up, you know, bringing in uh, business, not business, but employees and have you like, you know, letting go of certain aspects of the business so that you can free yourself up. One of the things that I've noticed in in particularly your uh, your interior group is just the diversity, the diversity Mm -hmm. that you have is very beautiful. And from that every individual is from different parts of the the world almost or different parts of uh, the U.S. at least and so that's what I found very intriguing and one of the questions that I want to ask you is a was that purposeful and b what have you learned in particular from all these individuals who come from different walks of life and different backgrounds and probably don't even you know kind of overlap in certain areas Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, as a business owner, they always suggest like, find your why, you know, figure out why you wake up every morning and what it is that really connects you to your business. And for me, that's it. Like growing my team is it. And I, um, you know, I didn't set out for that, but that it's funny about, you know, four or five years in, I was like really enjoying the business side of things um, more so than the interior design side of things. And so, um, and I love interior design. So I just, um, it was intentional. So when I first graduated and moved to Arizona, um, I moved from Chicago. And so, um, you know, there, obviously there's a lot of diversity, diversity and inclusivity and, you know, open-mindedness. And so, um, I came out of the closet when I was 30. And so it was a little late to the game, but, um, in being a gay woman, you know, coming to Arizona, I was like, it was all kind of happening at the same time. Um, I really just didn't see anyone else like me, you know, in the industry, um, it was kind of, you know, when you look around 10 years ago, when you look around interior design, it was kind of the same thing. It was like, these beautiful white women who have 
gorgeous rich husbands and they design beautiful million dollar spaces, right? And that was just kind of like the carbon copy of interior designers. Um, and I just did not, I've never identified with that. Like I've never been attracted to that type of a business model or that, you know, even that aesthetic. So, um, or that lifestyle. So, um, so yeah, so for me, I wanted to build something different. Um, and I found that it was just really hard to, uh, to be out as an interior designer because my clients were trying to set me up with their single, you know, husband or their, their husband's friends or the contractor, or, you know, it was just constantly having to kind of be like, no, actually, um, you know, I'm not interested in that. And so, um, it was uncomfortable. And so in doing that, I was like, I want to create a space, um, you know, if I can be successful in this industry, I want to hold the door open for other people who don't fit that traditional, you know, interior designer mold. So, um, so that was my goal. And so I kind of always, um, my dad worked in HR forever. And his advice to me was, um, you know, if you have five equally qualified candidates, you know, for a position that you have open, look to see who had to climb the, you know, the tallest hill to get to where they are today. And so I ask a lot of questions about kind of, um, you know, just how people came up and what they've had to work through. And, you know, I'm looking for people who have that grit and that perseverance um, sure. to kind of that, that go-getter attitude. And so um, oftentimes that, you know, that that's the result is my really cool, diverse, like amazing team from all over the world. Yeah. Um, yeah they're all so wonderful. I just, again, I'm very, like, I was looking at the, the about me page of like some of them and I'm just, you know, just all sorts of girls from that background. And then you have um, a financial planner, um, and you know, it, or, you know, all sorts of individuals and it's just really great again, refreshing. And just as someone who's again, looking himself at businesses of all different types and genres and just kind of really taking it in, I, I find it very refreshing because again, you could get stagnant and just say, Hey, look, I want to be the best of this area, but that entails this personality or this group of individuals it takes a lot of betting on yourself um, to to really say, "Hey, look, we we're gonna we're gonna take over this space, or we're gonna be a part of this space, but we're gonna do it our way. We're gonna do it uh, very differently." And so, yeah, yeah, I I really do commend you on just kind of again having those individuals come in and sharing that story of like, I'm gonna ask you some personal questions, but again, I'm there's an end. I'm getting somewhere to this. I'm trying to find the rough, the diamond in the rough. Um, so I, I really would like to kind of get into about like um, the businessy and think kind of like, you know, what you guys really do. And we kind of skimmed over like, yes, you're, you're, you're interior designer, but you know, more personally, you, what you do as a style, what you guys bring to your customers and the services you provide. Um, one of the things that comes up, I think in what I've just, you know, again, from your website and just something as the personalization of the space. I mean, you really do try your best to give personality to some of these spaces that are just like, did not seem like they had some, or they just, you know, were stagnant. And again, again, beautifully, you know, put together. Can you give us a little bit of your style and what you understand through that method? Sure. Um, so I wouldn't say like, obviously I have my own personal style, um, as do, you know, each one of my designers, but, um, I think that like what we love most about working with clients is pulling their style out of them. So my background in psychology, maybe that's where it comes from. Um, I love getting to know clients and understanding, you know, what makes them tick, how they, um, you know, how they use the space, how they entertain, where they love to travel, what type of music they love, um, you know, anything like what type of food they're cooking. And, and just, I want to know all of those things. Right. And 
And I don't like when clients come to me and they show me like another kitchen or another space, because that's just, you know, copying someone else's design work. Mm -hmm. And I'm not interested in that. So uh, what I try to do is just get to know them and get to know their vibe. Um, And for me, that translates into an aesthetic that is specifically for them. And so, um, and that is what I think is the most fun. And it, it has been challenging from a business perspective, because again, like the norm in the industry is like, I'm Mackenzie Collier. This is my aesthetic. And like, you can sign up for it Um, and it's exclusive and you know, it's mine, but that's just not what we're doing. So, you know, it's, it's really all about the client. Um, It's not about art. Like we have no ego in it at all. Like if you love purple and you want, you know, whatever absurd idea you have, um, not, I, I personally, purple's not my jam, but, um, but like whatever, you know, whatever absurd idea you have, um, we're there for it. And we will like support you and figure out a way to make it cool, you know? Um, And you mentioned spaces that kind of like just are lacking personality to start. So it's just not a priority for most people. Like most of our clients are, you know, they're busy business owners or they're young families. They're people who a lot of times we get clients who are going through a life transition. So they either just, excuse me, lost a partner or gone through a divorce or um, their kids moved out or something like that. So we're often catching them at this like transitional point in their life. And so that's again, where I think that psychology background comes in and is helpful. Um, And we just kind of help them discover what they want for the next part of their life. And we design a space that supports that. So it's really fun. I love that. I love that. I think that's something that you can um, easily, like, I think one of the best things is about it is that you're as an individual who's like, okay, look, I have a business. I don't have time to like really kind of get into what individual like kitchenette and versus back room versus the, this, blah, blah, blah. I like this, this is my, you know, color. Like these are the things I find cool you make something from the things that I might like cool and, you know, these images or something like that. I think that's always that to me as someone who's a designer and who wants to, um, you know, just really like, that's what I've always found cool about interior design is that kind of being able to take those textures, those, you know, all the different things that involve color, texture, you know, patterns, all of these things and really hone in on like, you know, uh, style a vibe uh you know whatever you want to call it um so let's get into a little bit more of like the day-to-day stuff like what is you know you guys how do you guys coordinate especially during the pandemic how has this kind of transition made you guys better or made you guys you know do certain things yeah i mean so i um i'm obsessed with data like i love it i track every minute of everyone's time and i um you know love just like calibrating that into information and we track like all of our projects and how long everything takes and so yeah. i personally like on the business side of things i love that and i love just yeah. kind of optimizing processes and systems and so and the reason that became kind of important was pretty early in the business. I realized that uh, I didn't, so I nannied for really, really affluent, wealthy people for a long time. So Mm -hmm. when I was um, both through both my degrees, I nannied. And so um, I knew that that was not going to be my target client. Like I didn't want to, um, you know, help people design their fourth home, you know? And so for me, I feel like everybody deserves great design. And so there's this like, you know, democratic idea about design where like everyone deserves it, right? Like you deserve to wake up and have a spot to put, um, you know, to feed your dogs and place to put your keys and, you know, just life, your space should support you. Right. And so I knew that I wanted to work with, you know, working people. And so in order to design a, um, you know, design service that was at the quality that I wanted um, at the price point where it needed to be to support those people, Mm -hmm. um, it has to be efficient. Right. And so I started just looking at how to make it more efficient, how to make it 
get streamlined, how to do it better, how to avoid mistakes. Um, and so we've just been kind of like honing this process for a decade now. And so we've got it down to a science. Um, Love it. And so we're able to offer it at a pretty affordable price point. Um, and, you know, it's still a service that I'm really proud of. So, yeah. I really do. I really do enjoy that. Um, someone like just, you know, how much you've taken away from your experience in just all sorts of fashions and just really want to just, again, the word is community. Ooh. Word is community. <laughs> and I think that that's something that I've just kind of wanted to really push for this podcast. So one of the things that I've liked to ask every business owner is just give us a little bit of what you've learned from not only the Phoenix community, being that you are coming from the Midwest over to this side, but also yeah. what you've just learned from not only that learning from here, but what you're hoping to take away and give to Portland too along the way, because you have, like you said, made it a transition over to Portland to open up a firm uh, over there as well. We've actually pulled back a little bit from the Portland plan. So that was in motion pre-COVID. Um, and we still have a, an employee there and, you know, we're, we're technically still there. But, um, you know, with the, the great thing that um, the pandemic did was like, even my, you know, my parents who don't understand how to use anything, you know, technological, they can use Zoom, right? And so, so many of our clients are more comfortable on Zoom. They're perfectly, awesome. you know, fine working remote. So at this point, there's not really a need for multiple offices. Like originally, like pre-COVID, our plan was to open in Portland and then in Austin and then maybe in Denver. Yeah. So like that was the track we were on. And then, you know, through the last two years, I've learned that like, we can be in Phoenix and we can work anywhere and that's working really well. So, yeah. so that's where we are currently. But um, as far as the Phoenix community, um, it's been amazing. Like I love the business community um, and the arts community and like in, uh, you know, the small, just the small business community in downtown yeah. Phoenix and Phoenix Metro in general is so supportive, so active. Um, and so, you know, just ambitious, which I love, like, it's a really nice balance of, you know, it doesn't seem like there's much ego, like it's not very competitive. Um, I won't say it's not competitive, but like, you know, it's community over competition. And so um, that's there what are, I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. And there's, you know, I, I love hosting events. So pre pandemic, we would host, you know, a quarterly event for small yeah. businesses at our office and, you know, have different panels and speakers and, you know, women's networking groups and um, yeah. small business networking groups. And I love that stuff. And Phoenix just has so much of it. Um, and it seems like, you know, um, the network that I've built here is just so incredibly supportive that no matter what challenge I'm coming up against in business, like, you know, mm -hmm. because I'm 11 years in at this point, I'm still getting like, just like, wow, I've never had that before. I don't know what to do. Like, there's always somebody I can call who yeah. you know, has a similar business or has, has faced that before. And so it's, I love the community here. Good. I'm really glad because, you know, as I've been doing this for six plus years, I've been just like enamored with business owners who are exactly where you are. Just like, you know, they see it, they feel it, they want to be a part of it. And it's something that makes us different from all the other bigger cities around us. I think that is something that I would love to continue forward is just to that saying that you just said, community over competition. If we can continue that, I think that's going to make this city and who we are as a group that much better. Um, we're reaching the end here. And I, I want to just kind of dive a little bit more personal um, towards the end here is just give us a little bit as a business owner, what you like to keep in your uh, daily routine to keep yourself balanced. So I am really particular about my work-life balance. Um, I have gone off the deep end the wrong direction a few times. Sure. Uh, you know, I've had people break up with me like over like my work habits, right? And so I have learned the hard way many times at this point. So at this point, I am very particular. Yeah. Um, I have a really good structure. So 
um, not so much my, like my, my, you know, my, my daily routine is I'm very protective of my mornings. Like I have slow, quiet coffee for an hour, you know, and I just, I look at the birds and just let my brain rest. And so love that. Um, you know, I always, I like to come into the office. So, um, my team is still virtual. We're coming back in person on the 21st. So that'll, we've we've been virtual this whole time. So, um, so I like to come into the office. It just helps me be more productive. And I love, I work at the McKinley club in downtown Phoenix. It's a co-working space. So I love bumping into the other business owners and, um, you know, attending the events here and everything, but um, for me, it's really all about structure. And so I have my week structured where you know each day or each block of each day is devoted to a specific t- a part of my business. And so okay. on Mondays, I meet with my team and I have all my internal meetings. We have a big team meeting. Uh, and then, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, my team's out meeting with um, our clients. And so I don't meet with clients anymore, but um but yeah, so they're out doing that on Wednesdays. We, you know, focus on marketing mm-hmm. um, and PR and, you know, Fridays we, we've always done summer Fridays. So like our team's basically off, you know, like you can work if you have something to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, but for the most part, everybody works from home or goes up to Flagstaff and checks in from a coffee shop or something. So, um, but for me, it's really about that structure. And so like, if like, you know, if I'm scheduling a podcast interview, for example, and yeah. they're like, Hey, can you do it on Saturday? Like, it's a hard no. Like, it's, it's just not, even no, if I don't yeah. have plans, I, do, I can't because on Saturday, what I'm doing is yeah. not thinking about business. So absolutely. Um, I totally yeah, completely so, understand. And yeah. from my perspective, I'm completely the same way. We yeah. choose to do Saturdays and weekends because as a parent who's working, yeah. you know, a split shift and uh, evenings uh, and mornings, you know, I can only do so much. So, you know, when I have time, I, I try and, you know, this is something that is still kind of a secondary business, but it's still one of those things that I, I very much put my effort and time forward to it. So when I do structure something, I want to give it my all and make sure that, you know, I, I have the time spared for that individual and be present. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like totally, I, I block it out, make sure that, you know, I need such and such. And so I try and you know, be there. My priority is to my son. And, you know, I'm trying yeah. to make sure that he's growing up with a, a father who's paying attention to him. Is the, Love it. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you again for letting us dive a little bit, you know, personal yeah. with you. Um, but before we go, we usually kick it off to the owner to let everyone know where they can find you online, um, your email, your telephone, your address, if they want to go over to a brick and mortar business. But again, this is yeah. your chance to promote. Go right ahead, Mackenzie. Perfect. So um, check out our website at MackenzieCollierInteriors.com. Um, our Instagram is currently down. There have been a, a number of small business Instagrams that were just taken down randomly. So we're hoping totally to get it back up and running. But that's also at Mackenzie Collier Interiors when it does come back. Um, and we are at the McKinley Club in downtown Phoenix. So that's at Polk and 7th Avenue. Um, stop in anytime. Um, we do happy hours usually every Thursday. Uh, and we love to have other small business, um, you know, community members come in and say hello. So yeah, we're here anytime. And, um, I also, I I do love mentoring other small business owners. Um, so if, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you feel like there's something we can talk about, I I usually do my Fridays. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I love, um, you know, I love talking shop and collaborating. So I usually leave my Friday mornings open for that. So let's have a coffee date and talk business. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Mackenzie, for joining us here on the episode. Uh, Before I go, I got a little bit of my ending. You guys can hear us at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We make it easy for you guys to uh, connect with us. It's all under Finding Arizona Podcast, social media wise. Last but not least, if you want to become a a super fan, Patreon.com slash Finding Arizona Podcast. And with that, 
we end our podcast here with Mackenzie. But before every ending of every show, we always say kisses, hugs, and belly rubs to our special four-legged friends. We will catch you on the next episode. Bye, y'all.